Alexis? Alexis. <laughs> I see pineapples anywhere in any show or any movie. Like, they can't escape me anymore. I have been noticing that myself. Specifically, oddly enough, it's the television show Ghosts, which is also the name of this episode. Have you seen it? I have not seen okay. any shows named Ghosts, and it doesn't sound like a show that you would watch. Oh, they're different ghosts from different centuries all living in the same house? That's it. That's it. I remember the trailers. I've never seen an episode. So there is like this couple who I guess you might call like the running antagonist in the show. And the very first time we see their house, the first thing you see is a pineapple poster hanging in the background. And the pineapple is upside down. Oh, so they're swingers. Yes, which we finally found out about in one of the more recent episodes where they were selling these upside down pineapple lamps. Again, odd coincidence here in my brain. And I was like, are you seeing those pineapples, Drew? And he's like, what are you talking about, Alexis? <laughs> I love that. And I do like the caveat that it has to be upside down mm -hmm. to mean that because I was so mad that they had co-opted them. And I don't think everybody knows the distinction. So pineapples are a symbol for welcome. Yes. And if you turn them upside down, it means you get crazy. I was like, they're a symbol <laughs> for sexy time. <laughs> but that was like one yes. recent one that I remember. So I recently binge watched uh, Pitch Perfect Bumper in Berlin oh, because it's on Peacock. I really want to watch that. And I saw at least one pineapple in the course of the series and I watched them all at once. So I don't know which episode it was in. <laughs> but then I rewatched Pitch Perfect 1 and 2 and there's a pineapple in each of those movies. Really? Yes. One is just a cup that some guy's drinking out of at a party or something. It's a pineapple cup. It's like a tiki party. And then I go, I don't remember the other one, but I just, I kept seeing them and I was like, is there a connection? What is, and I, I didn't have time to Google because I'm doing research <laughs> for this actual episode. <laughs> I think pineapples are just awesome. And so they end up in people's television shows or movies because why not? Yeah. But if you have enough stuff with pineapples on it, the right person is going to take notice and ask you if it's for the show psych. Because like finds like eventually. Yes. <laughs> I may or may not have two pineapples on my desk at this moment. Neither of which are actual like eatable pineapples. But uh, I definitely have two chilling on my desk. I love that. One I of which, it. in fact, is a squishy pineapple that says psych. I can't remember if I sent that to you or not. I did. It was a really long time ago. <laughs> I was like, it feels like something I did. <laughs> I will save kind of my comments about this episode for the end. But Kaylee and I did a little pre-chat. And full disclosure, Kaylee broke down crying. <laughs> so if Kaylee breaks down crying in the episode, everyone just be okay with it. It hopefully doesn't happen till the end, yeah. but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many feelings. <laughs> yeah, I have I have feelings too, but mine mine are a little bit different, I think. So, uh, shall we start the show? Showtime. This is. To, to the blueberry. blueberry! I am Alexis and I am a real life Gus. I'm Kaylee and I'm a real life Sean. 
And we are a real-life best friend duo who decided to put together a podcast so that we could rewatch our favorite show, Psych. Today we are rewatching season three, episode one, and as I alluded to earlier, it's called Ghosts. That's a really short title for this show. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the last time we had such a short title. I was expecting like an I Ain't Afraid of No Ghosts sort of title, like something more pop culture-y, but... I mean, Ghost Singular is a pop culture reference. True that, boo. But nothing about this haunting yeah. gets sexy. <laughs> No. There's no unchained melody <laughs> to be heard. Oh, such a good song. The Ooh. flashback for this episode is different than we have seen in the past because instead I of was oh sorry, ahead. I was going to ask you. You watch on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. Did it give you a season two like recap like previously on? Psych? It did, yeah. So yeah, the very start of this episode for me was the recap, and it was all about the emotional turmoil between Henry and Sean and his dating, and then ended with the mom. Oh, I guess in case you are listening to our podcast, I am now realizing that it's been a couple weeks since we talked about that. The last episode of season two ended with Sean opening the door and just saying, Mom, because their mom was at the door. Yeah, and we didn't get to see her meet her or anything until this episode. But you're 100% right. It's a very different flashback at the proper start of this episode. It is 1995. There is a not-so-young Henry pulling up to a stolen car with his partner, Ray. I just wrote, because he, he's in a suit, he's clearly a detective, he's not wearing his, his blues anymore. They're driving into the woods, and I just wrote, Little Red Stolen Vehicle? Yes. Because I was like, is that a Corvette? No, it looks like a Mustang to me. <laughs> but I don't know. I do want to rest us to remember, Kaylee, you and I, to remember that his partner in this episode is Ray. I put a pen yeah, in that too. Yeah, put that in my yeah. brain. Okay, so Henry was just like, this needs to end tonight. And Henry had a little bit less hair than he does in most of the flashbacks. Okay, I've got to say, his wig is getting so much better. <laughs> and it's not as bad as Sean's wig in this episode. Or in this I flashback. wrote that too. <laughs> I wrote horrible. Oh. His hair is horrible. Okay, but it's so Judd Nelson in Breakfast Club. Yeah. And so, oh my God. It's 1995, Sean. <laughs> it's 95. Sean is in this car with some lady. They stole it. It's her neighbor's car on a dare. And they were going to put it back. Yeah, she's a goth girl, by the way. She's like super kind of goth punky. And he's just kind of dressed like a slacker. Yeah. He's yeah. a little, yeah, he's a little grungy, but not quite I mean, enough. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's, it is a, it's Judd Nelson from The Breakfast mm -hmm. Club. Minus the trench, like. Oh, I got the hair. I never really thought about the rest of his clothes. Yeah, it's not far off yeah. from what I remember. Ray says, <laughs> I wrote, Henry, no. And Henry's like, we're way past consequences. This ends tonight. <laughs> <laughs> when Henry realizes, well, I think he knew that it was Sean in the car, but he walked up and said, you wanted my attention, Sean? You got it, buddy. And the yeah, little girl's then, like, who is this? She's like, do you know each other? 
He's sort of my dad. His attitude is just so punchable in yeah. this scene. And then we end up at SBPD and Henry's like, what am I going to tell your mother? And Sean says, oh, you think you can get our new number? Oh my gosh, Sean, that's a low blow. Oof. And Henry's like, this effectively ends your chances of ever becoming a cop. I gave up wanting to be like you a long time ago, Pops. Henry yells, will someone please just book him? He's like, you, beanpole. And it's Lassiter with like black shoe polish in his hair and a, and a mustache. freaking mustache. <laughs> oh. And he's like, who, me? Well, I don't know. Uh, And then he's like, you know what, rookie, I'll just do it myself. Lassie's finally gotten his handcuffs out. Isn't Sean already handcuffed? I think so. <laughs> Everything about that's Ooh. super weird. So that's the end of that. Like, Henry walks him off to get printed. Yeah. And then we cut to present day. Sean is calling Gus on Gus's office phone. And we get kind of a back and forth conversation from them. But Sean is upset because his mom is back. And it's not that she's back. And he's also... In his childhood bedroom, like, <laughs> like hiding. and Gus. So we're cutting back and forth. Like, Gus is at work and Sean is in his bedroom. He starts to find, well, she, Gus is like, oh, she's back in the country. And Sean said, back in the country? Try back in the city. Try downstairs in my dad's living room. All throughout this conversation, they are finding a weird collection of nostalgic toys. So... As we, we're, we're going to go on with this conversation, but I want to address the toys. Sean finds a fresh box of shrinky dinks. Completely unopened. A Furby. Dude, did you know I had a Furby? And a pristine issue of Dynamite magazine. With the square pegs on the cover. Um, let me redo the bummerings. <laughs> so apparently to Sean, it's 1988 in his house and nobody tells him anything because he was blindsided. But Gus is like you should be happy. You haven't seen your mom in three years and you've missed her. He's mostly just upset because mom and Henry seem to be having kind of a good time together. He said, I know my dad is behind all of this. And he's yeah. angry. This is the beginning of this frustration that he has at Henry about this situation. Well, also paranoia. He's not the only paranoid person. <laughs> Some of his anger at Henry, I'm going to say is warranted. But most of it is not. But we'll get there. Yeah, we'll totally get there. The names. Um, the names in this episode. Oh my God. Yeah, because Gus says, I have to go. I've got work problems. I have to go see Frank Jim Ogletree. That's not Franklin. That's Frank, Frank Jim. Jim. Ogletree. <laughs> what kind of name is that? Well, Sean says, "What? what is that? Is that a person or a hippopotamus? <laughs> Which I don't understand the hippopotamus thing, but I mean... Frank Jim Ogletree is not a nice person. And everybody in the office calls him Pinochet. Little Pinochet. Little, the little Pinochet. Who is the former dictator of Chile. Oh, thank you. I knew you would look that up and so I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Sean is like, that's a terrible name. Uh, why don't they just call him Jerk Pants or Suck McJones? He says that's way too abstract. <laughs> But he's Gus's direct uh, report, or yeah, direct and supervisor. he's the regional s direct supervisor, um, regional sales manager. And Gus tells Sean to go face your parents. You missed your mom. Tell her I said hi, and I'll be over later for Jello cake. 
Uh, I love Jello cake. I don't know what that means, mm. but <laughs> he sounds excited. Yes. Essentially, Gus hangs up on Sean, and we cut to the basement where Henry is opening a nice bottle of wine. Are we in the basement? In the downstairs area. <laughs> We're in the kitchen there where we see a pineapple. Right there on the counter next to Henry opening his bottle of wine, there is this beautiful uncut pineapple waiting for us to view. And I just wrote, his parents are not flirting. <laughs> well, like, they're being very nice to each other they're coexisting very well i feel like henry's doing a little like aren't i cute but she's not really giving an in she's just like well you look at you like (laughs) how nice i got like a friend vibe but like a friend that you once had sex with which i mean obviously they did they were married and had children but it was just like Henry's opening the bottle and she's looking for a cheese knife and Henry just lets it slip and he was like, oh, do you want me to give you a hand, hun? Did you just call me honey? While she's holding the knife? <laughs> no, I was going to say hunchback. <laughs> it kind of feels like if you grew up with someone and then you were thrown into the kitchen with them on Thanksgiving, having been separated them from them for years... But you have a rhythm Mm -hmm. and you're comfortable around them. Like it just, like so much history and like it is easy to be around them. Because again, they didn't have a big cataclysm of a breakup. Right. I mean, spoiler alert, it wasn't that for everyone involved. (laughs) When Sean comes down, mom, well, I guess we should address mom. Mom, who I just call mom for the rest of this episode. I call her M because she's Madeline. Right. But she's also mom. So I just I just wrote M a lot. And she is freaking Sybil Shepherd. Sybil Shepherd. Here's like here's my fun fact, which I think you already know, but I'm gonna tell it to you anyway. Sybil mm-hmm. Shepherd played a character in the movie Moonlighting. Yes. Where she was in fact working for a PI office. And her name was Madeline. No. Yes. <gasps> Kaylee's face, me shaking my head with a big old smile. It was. It's a very nice, like, callback to that situation. Okay, I need to rewatch because is she the same character? No. 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 <laughs> uh, my my mind just blew there for a second. No, she she was. I don't know if she was a PI or if she was working for a PI. But she definitely wasn't a psychologist, which is what she is now in this episode. And we find that out because she is in town to do psyche vows for a couple of police precincts around the area, including the SBPD. Now, she was invited to do this, but it took her quite a while to make the decision. And it was kind of like a at the last minute, she had to give a yes or no. And she went with yes. So she's going to do it for the SBPD, San Diego, a few in the Bay Area. And then... She turns to Henry and goes, Henry, what time are our dinner reservations? And then everything kind of is weird because she's like, oh, Sean, you're coming with us. And Sean said, oh, no, I have to, I have to, uh, yeah, yeah, of course I'm coming. I have to, I have to cancel a date, but I'll be there. You made other plans? Well, apparently he didn't know that mom was coming into town. Henry, why didn't you tell Sean I was coming? 
And then Sean just kind of casually drops into the conversation that it's not a big deal. He broke his phone. Um, I was, you know, solving a murder and it was on the front page of the newspaper yesterday. Like he's definitely bragging on himself quite a bit to try to make, to try to impress mama. And I kind of went even, everybody's staying really calm. And I think even though she's pressing everybody for answers, she's doing it in a way that doesn't not make them calm, but like demands an answer. Mm -hmm. Like she seems like a very even keel. Like, you know how our boys pop off? Mm -hmm. It feels like she doesn't do that. No, she's And, like, she, like, brings everyone down to level. (laughs) Sean has a little aside with Henry. Sean is making fun of the fact that Henry says he tried to tell Sean. Allow me to demonstrate trying. Sean, guess who's coming back in the country on Friday? Your mother. That's trying. But here's the thing, Alexis. In season two, Henry couldn't get it out. And then he weirdly awkward whispered to Sean, do you have plans on Saturday? Saturday. What happened to Friday if Friday was always the dinner reservations? Was Henry never going to tell Sean about the dinner reservations on Friday? I have questions. Oh, or is it only Friday right now? Oh, I guess it would only be Friday because Gus is at work. And Sean just said, back in the country on Friday. Yeah. And she's here on Friday. Hmm. So maybe it's just a continuity thing, but I was like... Hmm. Confusion. This episode has one big continuity error in it that bothers me to no end. It's the one you're thinking of, I'm certain, and it... um, Yes. But um, I agree with you. We seem to be missing it. Maybe Henry didn't want to, but but I want to pin all of this and go back to that conversation that happened at the... In, like, the middle of episode 16, season 2, where Henry doesn't want to talk about it in front of Gus. And I but said the first to thing you, Sean did was call Gus. Yes, I, I I think there's a reason though, and I'm gonna I'm gonna deep dive later. But I it all came Ooh. clear to me. Okay, but it's okay. I can't wait because I do not know. Sean says, "You think you can put aside 15 years of hard feelings with what a Pinot?" And Henry says, "It's a Bordeaux." And Sean <laughs> says, "I didn't know Walmart had a wine cellar." To which I say. I buy Walmart wine. It's like $3, and I'm not mad at it. So Sean being a snob all of a sudden because they went to one vineyard place, he can suck it. (laughs) (laughs) Sean feels like Henry is trying to sabotage his relationship with his mother, his time with his mother, which, you know, with with your argument there, it sounds like maybe he was a little bit. I mean, I'm just confused about the timeline. I think it was a continuity error because they hadn't hired Sybil Shepard and (laughs) it's a brand new season. And I don't think Henry is trying to sabotage anything. (laughs) If anything, he made a mistake. (laughs) We're in Gus's office now and Mr. Ogletree, Mr. Frank Jim Ogletree, terrible, (laughs) terrible name. He throws down the newspaper where we see that uh girl you better not skip this because i'm calling it a reference please when gus enters the office he's playing golf in his office pin in it pin in it for me okay okay it'll come up later but i'm excited he stops and yes go on the paper the boss was like um so i see that you uh solve crimes i was unaware that you had another job Gus said, oh, no, uh, it, psych is more of a hobby, like collecting thimbles or raising carrier pigeons. Oh, so you 
raise carrier pigeons. Oh, no, 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 no not, not at all. That would be totally lame. I raise carrier pigeons. Oh, awesome. I hear that. Uh, I, I just wanted to be cool. I didn't want... Ugh. Boss is kindly reminding him about the exclusivity clause in his contract, which says that he can only have one job while working for the pharmaceutical company as a pharmaceutical rep. You calling this man kind is all kinds of lying liarness. <laughs> no, he is kind of a butthead. <laughs> He's, um, in the same note, I call him both a dick and an arsehole. Because he's just being, he's so extra. He's like questioning Gus's commitment to working there. And he's telling him all the appointments he missed and all the times he left early and blah, blah, blah. And then, this is something I took note of. He says, and then you came in and did all of your work in one afternoon. And I'm like, so his work gets done. Not only, so what's the actual problem? Not only does his work get done, but it gets done apparently really well. If he can do all of his work in one afternoon, like that's that's pretty amazing. He's always repping. We saw his sales reptitude just last season in episode 14. Yes. Like he's always like pushing product, schmoozing, networking. He gets it done and this guy is a little bitch, okay? <laughs> I hate Ogletree. And I think we're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Because the next thing that happens is he hands Gus his termination letter and said, um, I drafted this up for you. You can either be done or you can quit your other job. And Gus hands him back the term letter and Ogletree said, good choice. Ugh. This man has such a punchable face. Yeah, he, he's so pompous about everything. Like, And he's a really good character actor. Yeah. You've seen him in other things. I've seen him in other things. I'm pretty sure he's been in Supernatural. Oh. Yeah. It's the never-ending Supernatural connection. It really, it really is. After the opening credits, we are back at the SVPD, and Sean is walking Mom throughout the police station and she was like oh uh, you don't have to walk me through here you know this is where i met your father yes yes he told me the whole story about how you had to see him after he shot a drug dealer wait no <laughs> is that what he told you he twisted his ankle doing security for the cinnamon festival Cinnamon Festival reference number two. Ah, the, I, I did not realize that the Cinnamon Festival had such a big deal in this show. And yet, this is the second It's just time. peppered in. It's, it's, it's just yeah, peppered it's in. It's not, this isn't the end. I know it's not. Okay. <laughs> she says, well, she calls him Goose. Yeah. And she's asking him what happened. And this is the thing that she does. It's very vague and very open-ended. She both wants to know what happened between him and Henry, and then she's like, and that date you canceled the other night? Like, what's going on with that? And Sean admits that, like, it probably wouldn't have worked out, but it never really got started in the first place. Like, they hadn't been on any dates yet. And she says that every time she does talk to him, he's always about to not go on a second date with somebody, which I can relate to. Like, I happen to be excellent at first dates. Same. And I also get most of the information I know from that first date, which is there's only been one person I've had more than a first date with. Mm. And I married him. <laughs> so. 
Sean, I guess, is trying to deflect. And so he's like, well, you know who is is dating? Henry. He's about to go on his, like, eighth date with his crazy Jekyll and Hyde girlfriend. And who's Susan, the British lady. Right. But mom knows that Henry and Susan actually broke up a couple of weeks ago. And he doesn't feel like Sean and Henry are talking enough. And she's very worried. And then they're like, wait, we need to stop talking about Henry. Who are you doing psyche vows for? She says three unis and one detective. And who would that detective be? Cut to chief's office. Um, <laughs> she wants to chat with Lassiter. Lassiter has discharged his weapon in the last four cases that he worked, which he- Thank you, chief. (laughs) (laughs) The last one was at a cat show. I just want to say for the record, I would never shoot a cat. Unless it was approaching in a threatening manner or refusing to stop on my command. Yeah, and she's like, right. (laughs) So you're going to have a couple of sessions with the psychologist that we're bringing in. I'm just going to have to say no. It wasn't a request. Could you frame it in the form of a question? It's a a very hard no coming (laughs) from from Chief's face towards Lassiter. (laughs) I I know that scene is very short, but uh, I guess everything we get with Lassiter in this episode is very short, but... That scene was so funny to me. Like, I was just roaring laughing watching it. I love the the whole cat thing. I love the, I'm going to have to say no. Would you phrase it in the form of a question? I, I, that, that might be my favorite scene of the entire, entire episode. Yeah, it's definitely Lassiter getting to do some comedy work. It, it doesn't stop here, you know? Mm-hmm. He just, he gets a little bit more footing there. Then we go back to Gus walking down a hallway passing some people near a water cooler, and he says, Katie, Kathy, Sean, Sean! Sean is very upset that Gus did not return his phone calls all weekend. And he quit via a text. Sean said, don't worry, I've already worked out a great plan. You quit this job. This job you quit. And we take on extra cases to make up the difference in salary. So two things happened there. Two very separate things, as we'll come to find out. Sean does indeed have a plan. And Gus having to quit is not one of them. Yes. <laughs> they can't make up Gus's salary taking on more cases at Psych because Gus makes $48,000 in 2007 in California. Sean said, who needs that much money to live? Gus says, I only need 32000 The other sixteen usually goes to you. I claimed you on my taxes, Sean. <laughs> So Gus kind of clocks that um, Sean is holding a bowl of pasta and Sean may or may not call the pasta delicious. Yeah. But he found it in the the break room or the kitchen and he thought it was for everyone. And it's a very pretty bowl, white with like a weird little bit of a a pattern. Which Gus then then hides in the printer because we find out it's Bianca's pupper deli, which she hand rolls and grinds her own spices every weekend to make. So then Bianca walks up to them and says, Gus, Paul would like to see you in his office. Mr. Haversham, lovely. I'll be right there. Hmm? Sean's like, is that the guy who tried to fire you? No, that's Ogletree. This is Ogletree's boss. He's everybody's boss. Sean's like, oh, good. He's the one we have to convince to let you keep doing both jobs. I'll come with you. I'm going to clean my teeth before we go in. Also, Bianca, we find out, is Haversham's secretary. Yes. And this is when we get an 
altercation because Gus is trying to throw Sean out. And All right. <laughs> we get a recurring bit. <laughs> At first, he kind of starts to tackle him to like drag him out. And then Sean goes boneless. Which is like limp, dead body, <laughs> dead weight. Very hard to deal with. Hated it when people did that when I was fighting them as a child. Well, Sean is and then, kind of a child, so. <laughs> and then Gus fakes an injury, and Sean's like, see, dude, this is why you shouldn't. And then Gus starts fighting him again, and he goes, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so then <laughs> Gus just drags him out. He's on the floor, on like face down, and Gus is dragging Sean out. This is such a famous credit scene Mm -hmm. in later seasons like i'm pretty sure they keep it in the credits for multiple seasons because it's so funny and so just like on point (laughs) for the zaniness of the show (laughs) when gus ends up in the vp's office he looks like he's been through a tussle i said disheveled gus and the first thing out of his mouth is is he notices a a photo on haversham's desk and he goes is is that your wife um, it's my grandmother. Dude has a picture of his grandmother on his desk, not his wife. It's worth noting that. I totally noted that. Good. Uh, just to talk about Haversham really quick. First of all, I uh, spelled his name at least 17 different times in my notes. And so I ended up just calling him Hav. So I may refer to him as Havy for the rest of the episode. We'll find out. But he is actually Christopher McDonald, who has... So many credits. One of which famously being the golf comedy Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. He was also the bad guy in Flubber. Oh. He's, okay, he is like always an Mm a-hole in movies. And by all accounts, the sweetest human who ever did live. And he has so much fun just being an actor and doing these things That's and like wonderful. being on set with people. I just like, he just turns it off and on. And every time I hear about someone who's a method actor who can't just turn it off and on and like has to be an a-hole in real life to be an a-hole in a movie, I'm like, well, then they're a bad actor. <laughs> That's <laughs> that's not how acting's supposed to work. <laughs> there is a movie, which I don't know what the movie is, but there is a movie where Christopher McDonald and Sybil Shepherd play husband and wife. No. Yes. Amazon told me that. Okay. Javi and his wife moved into a new house a little while ago, and there have been some weird disturbances. The wife finally kind of gave up with the disturbances and decided that she was going to stay with her mother because she truly believes that this house is haunted. And Javi ends the conversation with, and I would like to hire you because he knows about the psychic detective agency immediately enters Sean and he goes, I had a strange feeling I was needed. He's holding a glass because he was just holding that glass to the door to listen. (laughs) And he turns away to pretend to drink out of the empty glass. (laughs) There's a beautiful walk and talk where Sean is straight up gloating. He's like, "Uh, this is perfect. We will solve the case. Everyone will love you again. This is great. And Gus points out that Javi is a very powerful man in the company. Although he's just a VP, he's likely going to be running the company in the next couple of years. And he just gives Sean like his full bio. Apparently. Chances are. Is that what the movie was? Yes. And it's a very old movie and it's called Chances Are. And they're so young and pretty. Aww. 
and Robert Downey Jr.'s in it. Ew. Ew. <laughs> All right, sorry. Dad was a, or Happy's dad was a master businessman who passed down his business legacy. Sean goes, oh, I know him. He's the one who built the polio dome. That's the polo dome, Sean. That is a much less depressing name. <laughs> Sean and Gus decide that they are going to meet at Javi's house at 7 p.m. tonight, and they will not be scared by this situation. Gus lays down the law. He says there will be no whimpering, no screaming, no running from anything. Havisham thinks my name is Fearless Guster. And the whole time they're having this conversation, the blueberry's just in the background, like, making its little appearance. Mm -hmm. I love it. Although we don't see Chief Vic again, we are in Chief Vic's office, where Lassiter is hanging out with Mom. I wrote Madeline, but yeah. okay. <laughs> Lassiter is going full paranoia mode, and he's like, aren't you about to start some kind of recording device? And she's like, oh no, I don't record my sessions. Well, she was like, do you know what a photographic memory is? Well, I have an eidetic tonal memory. Tonal memory. Or a bit of one. Yeah. I just, like, kept thinking about that. And I was like, is that why she and Henry ended up together? Because they were the same person on different ends of the spectrum. He essentially has a photographic memory, and she has a eidetic tonal memory. Like, she's definitely going to catch someone in a lie if they're speaking that lie and then they trip themselves up later type of thing. But, but Sean does that too. Like he'll like he, flash back to conversations. We've seen it already. Yeah. He gets the best of both worlds. I, I said that. And I was like, I might have a bit of that because <laughs> maybe it's just some, some people remember more things than other people. But my reading comprehension is crazy and I can quote you things from movies I haven't seen in years verbatim. I don't, I don't, I don't try. <laughs> I don't think I have any of those things, but I take a lot of notes. Lassiter's like, okay, uh, yes, I have a question for you. First question, where's the bug? There's nothing new here. There's nothing. So it must be on your person. Are you opposed to me patting you down? First, she says, I don't have anything on me. And I'm very opposed to that. Would you be willing to submit to a polygraph? And that's the end of that scene. To which we go to Havi's house. And it is just like genuinely creepy nighttime. Gus pulls up and calls Sean because he is officially late. Yeah, the house is creepy. The weather's misty. Gus is alone in the blueberry and he's like stealing himself to go in. He even sees a creepy shadow up in one of the windows and it doesn't stop him from going up to the creepy ass door. It's just like creepy music. The door opens on its own. Fearless Gus kind of creeps through the entire house. There's a creepy person walking across the hallway behind Gus at one point. Yes. And the music goes into this like big like crescendo climax that ends with Gus being scared by Sean when he jumps out and says hi. And Sean is wearing a silk robe. How to which the housekeeper let him in. She's Dutch Indonesian and she made him a pancake. It's like a pancake, but the size of a manhole. Sean's clothes are in the dryer because that sauna was a little hotter than I was expecting. Gus is trying to get him to get out of the robe, get changed, and then we hear Havi arrive downstairs. He kind of enters his own home and being all like, hello? <laughs> and then when they walk into the kitchen, he's pouring himself some cocoa. They let him know that Hadowich let them in. We love her. We would like one of our own. And mm -hmm. Javi goes, are you wearing an ascot? 
Sean is still wearing the robe under his clothes. <laughs> and yes, it looks like an ascot. And Javi likes it. Sean and Gus are both huge fans of the classics. To be honest, I'm surprised Gus isn't wearing his spats this evening. Javi thinks an ascot is a classic accoutrement. <laughs> Sean said, can we see the epicenter of ghoulish activity? <laughs> so uh, I wrote down that it's Javi's office. Is that where we end up? Is it? Uh, I think so. I think it's so. Like a, some kind of a uh, sitting room. Yeah, or there's like no a, TV, a library there's maybe? Because there's photo Something. albums there. Yeah. Yeah. Javi says, please don't touch anything. I'm afraid I'm going to have to touch everything, absolutely everything. I also might have to sniff some stuff, possibly lick some things. These Tootsie Roll Pops come to mind. And then he, quote unquote, senses that Havoc is a bit of a skeptic and asks him to wait, at the, wait in the hall because you're killing my jujubes. Jujubes are a candy. Exactly. Um, Javi also mentioned his wife Elaine is the true believer. So we know her name. We never meet her. Spoiler alert. Javi leaves and Sean starts flipping through a photo album in true snoopy snoopy snoop fashion. Gus says, I know what you're trying to do, Sean. So Gus thinks that Sean is sabotaging him. Sean thinks that Henry is sabotaging him. Lassiter thinks that Sybil is, or or that mom is sabotaging him. It's a whole lot of (laughs) sabotage. But Gus says, you're trying to get me fired and throw this case so that I'll have to keep working with Psych. That's a genius idea, but no, that's not what's going on. While Sean and Gus are talking, Sean does his little psychic thing and realizes and and clocks Grandma in their wedding picture. In like every wedding picture. And Grandma had on a ring, but now wife wears that ring. Elaine wears that ring. Sean also asks Gus, does Haversham have any enemies? Gus says, corporate thinks he's magic. He completely revamped our entire inventory system. And Sean starts looking through the phone call history in this little sitting room but okay okay (laughs) so sean's mom calls him goose repeatedly yep like throughout this episode and every other episode she's in that's a top gun reference is it not yes okay so then when sean says completely revamped from a to z even m Wow, he sounds like a real maverick. That's like, I counted that as our second Top Gun reference I like of the that. episode. Downstairs, we're back in the kitchen. And um, I mean, I wrote that we're in the kitchen. And then I was like, but Haversham was reading the paper down there. And I was like, eh, I do everything in my kitchen. So whatever. I think they're but- in the kitchen too. <laughs> Gus is trying to suck up to Haversham. And we meet his dog whose name is Magnum, which I think is a great name for a dog, by the way. Especially a, Ger- or a Belgian yeah. Malinois. Yeah. But uh, the dog starts freaking out. Like, barking at nothing, barking at everything, and everyone's just sort of like, what the heck is going on? Javi says he never barks. And Gus just kind of stands his ground. Sean says, Fearless Guster's a bad A. He says, you were cool as a cucumber during that entire thing. Now, let's go this way. Uh, And Gus says, I can't. My feet won't move. So he's (laughs) frozen in place. (laughs) uh, Sean wants to check out the basement. That's where they were going to go. But before we go to the basement, we check in with Lassiter and Madeline once again. I'm sorry, we check in with Lassiter once again, who looked at Juliet and said, I'm winning. Well, that's because Jules ran up to him as he exited and said, oh my gosh, so how's it going? I answered every question in character as As Tom Tom Gunny Highway, which was 
Clint Eastwood's character in Heartbreak Ridge. Okay, pin in that forever because this is the first like direct mention, I think the first direct mention of his intense adoration of Clint Eastwood movies. And it, it, it comes back. Juliet said, you can't win a, a Psyche Val, Lasseter. It's not a contest. Don't kid yourself, O'Hara. You'll only come out losing. That is so unhealthy. Like, <laughs> I was just like, he made so much progress in the past two seasons. What is he doing? And he will again. And he will again. <laughs> Sean and Gus are ready to go to the basement. Um, because that's where ghosts do their things. Haversham says, you can't go in the basement. There's mold. Mold spores. Mm -hmm. um, you can get down to a certain point and then the door is bolted. Like, you can't even access it. Hadowich is uh, pouring himself some more hot chocolate and... <laughs> nope, not Hadowich. Ha <laughs> the, the lady... Havy. No, but the lady, but Mrs. Lady makes Havy a pot of Dutch hot cocoa every night before she leaves. And M Mrs. Lady doesn't do that. No, well, Mrs. Um, Mrs. Housekeeper Lady. Hadowich. Yeah. How to witch me. <laughs> yeah, which okay. is where I landed, and then I looped back, and now I'm broken. But it's okay. Sean smells it. And he... They're both standing at the precipice of the stairs to the basement, sniffing. <laughs> he needs to connect by seeing what he sees, wearing what he wears, drinking what he drinks. And Gus is just mad. Well, Javi says, so you're telling me you want some cocoa? With marshmallows, please. <laughs> As they're drinking their cocoa... Sean said, it tastes like it was dipped right out of Willy Wonka's river. And Gus said, what were you doing? What? Sean says, he's really not a very good host. Like, I wouldn't have had to ask if he had just offered. And then Sean's face is very scared. He is still holding onto his cup, but he kind of drops it in a way that it spills. And Gus is like, dude, you're getting it all over the floor. What are you doing? They look outside. We pan with them. And there is this white figure just kind of running through the woods. No, she's just like almost hobbling. And she's all veiled and she's holding a lantern. Yes. And she's walking all through the mist and slow. And it's so creepy. It's so creepy. And then the dog comes back and freaks out <laughs> once again. Well, Javi hears Gus drop his cup and it shatters and he runs up and then he just looks out and they all see what they're seeing. So there's witnesses. And then the dog, <laughs> Sean calls the dog a real a-hole. <laughs> it sees something. Yeah. Urine stains on my pants. <laughs> um, Sean suggests hiding and then uh, getting some Del Taco. Del Taco? Del Taco. Not Fearless Gus. Gus. No. Fearless Guster is like, okay, not surviving the horror movie. No. <laughs> no. First of all, he's a black man. And second of all, he's going after the ghost, which is what he decides to do. He is going to go outside and find it. Ugh. Sean says, fine. Do you happen to have any Xenon high efficiency flashlights? Sean and Gus are walking outside with these flashlights and Sean said fearless Guster sucks and then Gus tells Sean <laughs> to suck it up and Sean says suck what up and then we get so close Alexis so close oh, I'm gonna say it's gonna happen this season I it's hope gonna it does. happen this I season. really hope it does <laughs> they 
end up splitting up. Yeah, because Gus said she went this way, and then Sean runs in the opposite direction. You don't split up. You don't go out into the woods. Okay, they're they're gonna die. Uh, <laughs> Javi comes out, and he's like, Gus, I'm gonna be with you. I'm not letting you do this on your own. And then we just hear Sean scream, I've got her! And then they run up, and Gus goes, what do you mean you've got her? Sean is wrestling this white dress, but there's no it's one in it. empty. And it's just, the no one says it, but it's all very like, what? Check in with Lassiter. Madeline asks Lassie what kind of gun he carries. He says, oh, do you want to see it? He's so excited. He um, bought it with the cash that he saved from deciding not to hire a divorce attorney. Oh, you're going through a separation. Yeah, like, like super not like calling it out, but just like, oh, that's a piece of information that I didn't have before. And, <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I mean, she hired someone, a total ambulance chaser, but that's just her own insecurity or something. That scene ends with Madeline saying, you know who you remind me of. Did you ever see that movie, Heartbreak Ridge? And, like, you can start to see his eyes soften. Like, you're a person I might open up to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess it's the next day now, and we see Sean kind of breaking into Javi's basement through a window. uh, Yeah, he's just, like, leaning into it. And I just wrote, basement snoop, and Gus said, mold spores, Sean. Good luck with your staphylococcal virus or spol- I don't know. It's a big mold word. That's not a virus, but okay. Stachybotrys virus. That's a virus, not a mold spore. I'm just saying. Sean wants to get this case wrapped up because he wants to go have dinner with his mom. No. What happens is Hadowich walks out the door, drops the trash that she's holding, and before... They call attention to her. Gus is looking at Sean and Sean has like intense, I'm in a freezer breath. Mm-hmm. And Sean said, no, no, no. Uh, um, Hattie, it's me, Sean Spencer. And this is my partner, Lemongrass Gugulob. I did not even write that down. I was like, what is that word? I don't know. Gugulob? I'm not pausing it again. I'm going to call it Gugulob. <laughs> and he asks her if she has noticed any strange things happening lately. Right now. They tell her about the ghost spotting that happened last night. And she said, well, on Saturday, the missus left. But on Sunday, when I came back, I heard the voice of a lady. And I don't know what's going on. There's something going on here. She said, too many, too much strangeness. I just left. Um, Gus thinks she's crazy. (laughs) We cut to Sean and Gus in the living room. And Sean's like, well... Nothing's happening. I have to go. I I have stuff. I gotta go. My dad has been manipulating my mom's time all week. Gus says, no, Sean, we're staying because not only are we going to get Javi. I almost called him Hanowich. Not only are we going to get Javi to let me keep moonlighting. He's going to make me a partner and we're going to stay till the job is done. Here comes Javi and Sean's like, oh, I think we've done all we can do for the night. And then the lights flicker. Tomorrow, we will uh, check the history of the house and see if anything else is going on. More lights flicker. Uh, We have no leads up to this point, so I think we will just have to call it a night. Reconvene over a farmer's breakfast. (laughs) We'll call it a job well done so far and reconvene tomorrow over a nice farmer's breakfast. So he's holding his uh, motorcycle helmet 
and the lights just keep flickering (laughs) and then they go black. Which is the perfect blackout for our next scene, which is at a lovely restaurant. Sean walks in and he runs into his mom and she's like, oh, you made it. He's like, yeah, you would not believe the day I just had. Oh, well, come come sit with us. We're just right over there. We? Henry is with her. Mom was a she, little bit afraid that Sean was not going to show. Right. And she just invited him to tag along because Sean was so dang late. That's okay, right? She walks off presumably to go to the bathroom or something, right? And he goes in, finds Henry. He said, what is all this? The aftershave, the pumice scalp, the suit. Which one of the three tenors did you get that from? Not the dead one, I hope. But Ever since mom got into town, you've been this pretend Henry. And he calls him a phony. You're acting like a phony. Which I wrote down as a catcher in the rye reference. Because, <laughs> because the big thing is like calling everyone a phony. Just like back in our day, everyone was a poser. Yeah. <laughs> um, Henry said, Sean, I ordered a braised quail salad and all of a sudden I'm putting on airs. The waiter walks up and says... Who ordered the guinea hen crostone with liver pancetta? Sean's face is just... Henry says... Perfect. Um, that's mine. <laughs> Everybody's getting it. Yeah, everybody here is ordering it, Sean. Henry's like, listen, Sean, you have been a jerk all week. I am not going to apologize to you anymore about your mom not coming to town. I messed up, and I know you think I messed up your youth, and I know you think you messed up my life. And Sean is just like, I'm done. You had your chance. Now leave her alone. Like, all of these words are five times more hurtful, like, by the end of the episode. Yes. And it's pretty clear here that the words, you had your chance. Sean 100% believes that this breakup of his parents was Henry's doing. You had your chance. Now leave her alone. And it's very clear that he thinks that. And Henry never even almost says anything to what is the word I'm thinking of denies it no, pretty much like he never he never denies it he it, it, there's a word that I can't think of I keep trying to say disregard and that's not it at all um does nothing to disabuse Sean of the notion mm-hmm. like that it, it's very clear what Sean thinks must have happened like that Henry's not that dense he's a freaking detective he can read between the lines like (laughs) we get to Javi's house and Gus Gus is is still there (laughs) Gus said did you know Ogletree raises carrier pigeons and the phone rings (laughs) but there's no one on the line and Gus says so who called oh well that's what's funny it was me and before that gets explained it rings again and he goes, that, that number, that's, that's this number. Fearless Gus, put it on speaker. It's just. <laughs> Gus said, are there any other extensions in this house? No. Well, yeah, but it's not plugged in. Fearless Gus is like, I'm going to go check it out. You stay on the line and we'll figure out what's going on. There's a very <laughs> long scene of Gus creeping up the steps and creeping through the house. But Haversham like pats him on the back like he's not coming back he's like so brave of you Guster. <laughs> uh, there is this oh also he's going up to the attic yes because that's where it is 
Gus gets to the attic room and he starts hearing something going on inside the room. And there's this very creepy organ crescendo that happens. Gus opens up the door and it's Sean on the line. And Sean hangs up the phone. Yeah, he doesn't say anything. He looks at Gus, hits the disconnect button on the phone, and we cut to commercial. That is important. That is important. Okay. <laughs> That's infuriating. <laughs> Sean is divulging his plan to make Gus the hero. Oh, yes. And we get the full recap. So it started last Friday. Apparently after the meeting with Ogletree on Friday, Gus quit via text. Sean went to the office on Friday because he wanted to figure out how to haunt Ogletree. But the guy doesn't believe in ghosts. So that wasn't going to work. So he had to go like one rung up. So then he talked to Katie in Accounts Receivable. Um, and she gave him the tip about Elaine Haversham's wife. And he finally got to use his air conditioner furnace man disguise. <laughs> Apparently he went to the Haversham house and tinkered. Yes. Okay. I think that's when the lights got set up gotcha gotcha and then when they were at haversham's house together he had an ultrasonic beeper for the dog in his pocket he actually thought that gus might have caught that one and no matter what never put dry ice in your mouth no matter how many times you wrap it yeah dude that is so freaking dangerous anything larger than a tiny pebble if it gets lodged in your throat you will literally suffocate Mm -hmm. like ooh. Ooh, no, don't mess with that. That is how he got his creepy voice or his creepy smoke mouth for Hatterwitch. And then he hired a woman who usually does Shakespeare in the parking lot to be the creepy lady in the woods. Yeah, Shakespeare in the parking lot at Albertsons. <laughs> so, okay, here's my thing. I I thought that the um, cold breath was for Gus. I thought it was to make Gus think that the basement was the haunted part because they were like snooping the basement and then they stood up and he had ghost breath. Oh. And then he flicked it out of his mouth when Hadowitch came out because like she wasn't supposed to see it and she did a little bit and it freaked her out. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So like, I don't know. They didn't play it up in the scene enough that he had cold breath. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like, what? The last thing he said was, I even visited Alice Bundy in prison and got a few pointers about breaking and entering and doing things to people's houses and whatnot because if y'all remember alice bundy is our murdery bad guy from season one finale scary um, sharing yes <laughs> but gus, gus said, is like this is all great but how do we solve a crime when you're the ghost uh <laughs> he doesn't really have an answer neither does uh lassiter or maybe Lester has all the answers as we cut back to end his psychiatry session where he said, the towel was my life. The pool was third grade. The high dive is my father. He's having a full breakthrough. He's like convelling. And then his watch goes off and he's like, this was amazing. I told he's you like, things why? even I didn't know about myself. <laughs> and he's like, why haven't you been here before? <laughs> oh, but. She used to be regularly, but just recently came back to town because she knows somebody who occasionally works for the department. Oh, well, I kind of know everyone who comes through here. Who is it? Sean what Spencer. Do do? His face. Oh, it's so beautiful. That, my, that's what my note says. It says his face. I Yeah, I was just like, pure fear and dread descends upon him at this moment. Like... 
He just told the mother of his mortal enemy his innermost secrets. They're not mortal enemies, uh, though. Like, not at all. They are. I don't... I think Sean is, like, the goofy, slacker, annoying person. But, like, he just, like, is like, oh, God, you're here again? <laughs> Fine. What do you have? <laughs> like... In Habby's office, Sean said, I guarantee you there will be no more ghosts to haunt you and your wife now about our fee. Oh, well, and Gus hits him. There will, there will be no fee. Of course, we would never accept anything for you. But if you would like to do some sort of expense reimbursement. And Gus hits him again. Oh, of course, we would never take that. We would, we would never do that. We would never take any money from you. But Happy does not <laughs> like this quote unquote guarantee. He's like, I've, uh, I've got this savvy sense about situations and business deals. And basically his spidey senses are tingling. He doesn't like it. He doesn't, he doesn't get how there can be a guarantee. And then he heard something on the line that made him question what was actually going on. It said Gus. Gus? Yeah, just like that. Which never happened. Nope. <laughs> in the scene that we saw. They are like, oh, well, we can explain that. And Javi said, nope, um, you guys need to leave. And Mr. Guster, we will be discussing your position at the company moving forward. Yeah, I'm going to ponder all of this and we'll discuss your future. Um, he opens the door and Ogletree, who... Frank Jim. Who doesn't really look like he was mid-stride, is pretending that he was mid-stride walking by the office because he was clearly listening. Mm-hmm. He just didn't have a glass like Sean did. Yeah. Sean shakes Happy's hand and then gets his, like, psychic moment and said, can I speak with you privately? I wrote Sean's parting shot, psych out. Oh, very nice. Haversham says, what's your game? I have two games, Red Rover and Lawn Darts. We need at least four for even the most rudimentary game of Rover, and they don't make Lawn Darts anymore. Too dangerous. Sean says, I sense that your grandmother raised you. And it was her ring that you gave to your wife. And he's like, yeah, so maybe my dad wasn't as present as I would have hoped, and... My wife got my grandmother's ring. Marriage meant a lot to your grandma, didn't it? So? I bet she's very disappointed that you are having an affair with your secretary, no less. I wrote pasta secretary. Yes. (laughs) So that's the flashback that we see where he is noting that the pasta dish that we saw from Bianca at the very beginning of the episode is the same pattern as the cup that he was drinking the Dutch cocoa from. Yeah, so he's acting like he's getting tingles from his granny's spirit. And he's like, and she really doesn't want you to go to jail for doing illegal things. Nothing that you've accused me of is illegal. Yes, but repackaging and selling samples is. We get a flashback to the basement that Sean was creeping in, where we see all of these boxes marked NFR, which stands for not for resale. He has been repackaging samples and selling them to completely revamp the inventory. What is this? Some sort of shakedown? Yeah. (laughs) Sean says, not at all. With great power comes great responsibility. Again with the Spider-Man reference. (laughs) I share that power with Gus. Responsibility with Gus? I share that responsibility with Gus. So what do you want? I don't even know what he says, but it ends with... Um, him asking Sean if Sean can just keep it between the two of them. And Sean said, I'm a psychic. I cannot lie. 
Sean said that all he was asking for was for him and Gus to have the opportunity to continue their work. That's it. The um, gentlemen they go back out walk the outside. Haversham graciously welcomes Gus back to work and reminds him about that raise that they spoke about. It'll be reflected in your next check. As Javi walks away, Sean looked at Frank Jim and said, I know about you too. And they Well, Ogletree, Ogletree looked very confused and was like, what? And actually, before Javi walked away, he said, Frank Jim, maybe you should mind your own business. <laughs> While Sean and Gus are walking away, Sean just looked at Gus and said, his hair is horrible. <laughs> Which Frank Jim's hair is kind of horrible. <laughs> I love it. Back at the SBPD. We are with Sean and Mama. They came to meet so that Sean can whisk her away to see a movie, just the two of them. And she calls him Goose and gives him a big hug, but says, well, your dad was actually going to be stopping by. Sean just gets super frustrated and is like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'm done. And mom said, no, I need to know what's going on between the two of you. Sean's like a whole lifetime of conversation. Um, but she drags him off to Chief's office to chat. When she finally gets him to break, Sean said, We were both there. You know. We don't need to revisit the past. Mom said, Maybe we do. She's like, Okay, so she basically breaks down that, like, the root of this is the divorce. Like, you have all this baggage from the divorce. And he's like, It's not that it happened. It's how it happened. He left us. He left you. He ended up with the house and left you all by yourself to pick up the pieces. And she basically says, that's not at all what happened. Sean, I left him. You were a senior in high school. Your path was set. I thought if there was ever going to be a time, it was the best possible time. There was a job offer. Henry wanted to keep going to counseling make the marriage work, but she took the job and she feels so badly for what she did to her son and to her husband, but she's also very grateful about the opportunity that she was able to take at this new job. Yeah, and she says that she's sorry and that she knows that she failed Sean, which I don't think she did, but she basically wanted to be able to live her life on her terms again. And the writing was on the wall for their relationship and she didn't want to drag it out because they weren't, they weren't in, in a place where they were at each other's throats, but it was like she was calling it, is the feeling that I got. Mm -hmm. She was like, before things are bad and I resent you because I've stayed, not for myself, I'm, I'm gonna go and we can stay friendly. <laughs> and then Sean sees Henry walking down the hallway and he is still all spruced up. To see Madeline again. He's primping in a mirror. And he looks so damn hopeful. And then he just waves at Sean. And that's when I sob. <laughs> because <laughs> the light that we have cast Henry in from Sean's eyes for two entire seasons has just crumbled. Oh yes. Oh yes. And he's this hopeless romantic who did nothing wrong. It is kind of beautiful. And... I'm going to go back to what I was talking about earlier about, or had me telling Sean, like, I can't talk to you about this in front of Gus. I think Henry wanted, I think Alexis is assuming things about a television show, but I think Henry wanted to tell Sean, hey, listen, I still love your mother. 
and I broke up with Sue and I'm very happy to see her. And although I, Henry had never let him see the fact that their breakup was not his fault, I think Henry wanted to kind of clear, at one point he said, I want to clear the air about some things. Like, I think he wanted to, to tell Sean that, but he couldn't do it in front of Gus because Gus also has Madeline on this pedestal of being like the victim of this situation. I don't, I never got that feeling from Gus. Like he never, I feel like he never really saw Henry as a villain or someone to blame. Just that Sean had hard feelings, something to do with the divorce. I mean, it's not that odd for like a son and a father to chafe at each other. Mm -hmm. But damn. Yeah. That is a good point. Like, you know, it is a little bit more personal for Henry than to share with Gus, even though Sean's not going to be keeping stuff from Gus. Yeah. It's not just, hey, your mom's coming. It's, hey, I still love her. And I, I want to see what happens in this this meeting, which you can so see. I mean, Henry so feels like he still has a chance with her. It's so beautiful. I feel like, I feel like things even out for them. Mm-hmm. Like, throughout the seasons, but, like, at this point, yes, he's very much still sort of hopeful that things can be rekindled, uh-huh. that she'll, like, be ready to be more settled. Because they keep talking about her being back in the country, and she kind of dances all over the place doing psychologist stuff. Right, yeah. But she's a whole different kind of psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, um, so Kaylee has very emotional feelings about this episode, if I'm being frank, I feel like this episode was just a letdown after the end of season two, where it was just like great episode after great episode and great finish after great finish and funny after funny. Although this had so many like good pop culture references, I, I just don't feel like it kept up with all of the other, all like the, the past few episodes that we've seen, like since the Christmas episode. Yeah, I'll say it didn't have a, a lot of the, the high energy fun bits I felt like the tone of this one was a lot darker with like the the maybe ghost of it all mm-hmm. than our season finale for season two. And what we'll see is like the season finales usually have the more creepifying tone. Yeah, especially moving um, forward, starting this season. Yes, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, we have so much in store. I just I can't I can't even get into to naming things. We just like it just oof. Speaking of things we have in store, with a new season comes some more guest stars, not just for Psych, but also for To the Blueberry. Oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, my brain stopped working for a whole second there. <laughs> and I was like, what does she mean? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. I'm Alexis. Why don't you have a phone? Are you having money problems? Henry, why don't you buy him a phone? And I'm Kaylee. But that's not how I play, Gus. I play fair. And I roll hard. And this has been... To to the the Blueberry! Psych out.